Hey everyone, just as a heads up, our very special guest, gotta emphasize a special part, forgot to use headphones while recording this episode, so at times the audio is going to be jumping around from sounding decent to maybe sounding like a walkie-talkie, uh, but that said, it's probably still going to be better than the Bull Durham episode. Alrighty, hope you guys enjoy it, and the whole gang will be back next week. Hello and welcome to Hold My Popcorn, where we make fun of the good movies and trash the bad ones. I'm Max Healy out in Nashville. And in Boston, we have Tim again. How's it going, Timmy? Uh, doing doing great. Yeah, the the Bruins are losing and the Red Sox are losing. And uh, yeah, I'm going to kill myself. It's <laughs> good. Good stuff. I yep. always like when we do these uh, these podcasts when it's the, you know, the episode won't come up for like one or two weeks. I mean, the Bruins might not even be in the playoffs by then. Well, you want to know what, Max? The, we've really got to pride ourselves on being topical and being with the times. You know, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> it was relevant when I said it. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, Preble and Derek couldn't make it into the show today. So instead, making his second appearance, hailing from God's country, Portland, Maine, is super fan Bill Dooley. How's it going, Billy boy? Oh, I'm I'm doing I'm doing swell. Thanks, Max. And I'm sorry to all the listeners out there for having to subject you to me again. <laughs> well, if it wasn't uh, for you, we uh, apologize too. <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't for you, Bill, it would just be me and Tim talking about twelve-year-olds for ninety minutes. So we appreciate you coming <laughs> on. <laughs> just be like a Michael Jackson podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think of the What you think of the fat one? That's <laughs> uh, not my That's not my type. I, I, I like I like the scene when they're on the pool. That was my favorite. That was my favorite part. Talking boys with, with Michael glasses. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for week three of our baseball movie month, we watched the 1993 kid classic, The Sandlot, directed by David Evans and starring Tom Garrity, Mike Vitar, Patrick Renna. He's the fat one. Karen Allen and Dennis Leary. So growing up in the '90s, this was a heavy. Uh, this was heavy on the VHS rotation. So, um, but it's been a long time since I've actually seen it. So, how about for you guys? When was the last time you actually watched this movie? I think probably uh, two years ago. Hmm. I'd say. Yeah, I'd say it, I made Sam watch it at some point. So sometime in the last like four or five years, I saw it. Keeping it fresh. All right. When was the last time you watched it, Max? I, I honestly don't remember. Probably high school. Oh, wow. But, oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but you know how my memory is. I can't tell you what five times seven is, but I can tell you pretty much every scene in this movie. So <laughs> I don't need to see it every year. <laughs> All right. Well, movie opens up with the unreliable narrator, Scotty Smalls, setting himself up in the Babe Ruth infested L.A. Dodgers press room. And uh, as he then just goes back to the magical summer of 1962, where the grass was green, the summer was hot, and schools were still segregated. <laughs> that was that was one of the things I noticed right away. Like, oh, good, we're just gonna whitewash, and there's there's a there's a black kid in this group, and he's apparently allowed in the public pool, and like everything's cool. That's that's. I mean, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that that's how we're doing that, but that definitely not reality. This is totally fake. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait until James Earl Jones playing baseball with Babe Ruth later, but that just we'll get into that a little bit. What if this was just I mean, I would imagine this movie was 
<laughs> not imagine, but it'd be hilarious. If this movie was just really racist. Like the first draft of this movie was just very racist, it's and it was set in like bears. Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, "We this is unmarketable. We can't. <laughs> this is the '90s. We can't. We can't put this out now." So they had to like write in, you know, like the James Earl Jones character and the black breast friend and all that stuff. Rookie of the Year did pretty well. Why don't we make it kind of like a little more like that? Just, you know, kid friendly since it's a kid's movie. What do you mean? You're going to rip out the whole scene where the Ku Klux Klan comes and interrupts the game (laughs) for a rally? How are kids going to learn racial slurs if they don't watch this movie the right way? That was a key bonding moment for our characters. (laughs) This is meant to be a history lesson of America. You can't just take this out. That's history. You can't tell me that a Mexican and a black boy can play baseball with white kids in the 60s. That's just not true. <laughs> this is a fantasy land. All right. Well, by the way, Smalls, he's the new kid on the block, as well as the new son, the Dennis Leary, who's a big baseball fan and has a prized Babe Ruth autographed ball in his home office. For not a, that ball, even in 1962, would have been worth probably a good amount of money. And he, he is not putting a lot of protection into that. I mean, just right out on the mantle, not even like a glass case, just just mm-hmm. nothing just right above a fireplace. I mean, I, I don't know. That seems <laughs> it seems like poor care for me. I was thinking, I was like, you got to preserve that thing. It's a 30 year old ball. I shouldn't look like that. I was thinking, I was thinking, what is this guy crazy? This is fucking America. It's capitalist America. Sell that thing. <laughs> what are you doing holding on to that? Sentimental value? That means nothing. Oh, your quote unquote dad, quote unquote, gave this to you? Sell that shit. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Go down to the go down to the nearest pawn shop and fucking, <laughs> you know. There you go. Liquidate yeah. those assets. What are you doing? Exactly. Go get Karen Allen a new dress. <laughs> I also I love how the kid uh, uh, Smalls made a point of saying like oh I have no friends because I'm in a new town you had no friends where you came from you're a fucking loser <laughs> you even say it later on like oh I never have any friends your mom's like begging you to make friends you've never had friends it doesn't have anything to do with where you're living now we'll talk it's, about that scene later but that yeah. was a brutal scene where his mom just, <laughs> yeah, just like you're a loser piece of shit Smalls. my son sucks <laughs> Yeah. Stop playing with robots, you fucking nerd. Right. <laughs> Play with robots. The kid was probably going to invent like Google and shit like 15 years before that it was actually invented. And she totally cut that off, diverted him into being some alcoholic sports writer. <laughs> at MIT looking at me in sixth grade by the time I was over and done with, I barely graduated high school. Thanks, mom. Stop using your brain. You know, that's not what boys do. <laughs> Boys go out and bang their heads into brick walls. Sorry, isn't he a dick? <laughs> I want grandkids now. Yeah. Why can't you I'm be five. like that four-eyed kid? He knows what he's doing. Yeah. By the way, I always thought that Dennis Leary, when I was younger, was an asshole in this, but he's really not. No, he's he doesn't really not. Say or do anything bad to the kid. He just kind of has a, just that look of an asshole. He's just a standard '60s father. Well, yeah, I was gonna say he just—he just clearly doesn't like—he doesn't get the kid, and you can't really blame him. The kid—the kid is a fucking nerd. Yeah, <laughs> just doesn't under- And it's not his kid; it's his stepkid. He doesn't have to actually like him. It's not my problem. <laughs> I didn't marry you. <laughs> I married that sweet piece of ass in the other room. <laughs> but I just got to clarify, uh, the Am mother I, the mother is uh, the woman from the first Indiana Jones, right? Yep. I was going to yes, say, she, it's like, oh, at least I'm yeah. getting Indiana Jones' sloppy seconds. 
Andy! And Animal House. Yep, Animal House too. The only thing I, I can think of is he was kind of giving this stink eye when he's asking to play catch, but this is also in the eyes of a little kid, like a 12-year-old, so that's probably just the way he felt asking him to play catch. Mm. Right. So there's a few things later on they're pretty exaggerated too. So, so can uh, we, I'm sorry, can we, can we assume if we throw this into the Indiana, Indiana Jones universe, uh, that woman ends up getting married to some guy and having a kid and then that guy dies and she has Shia LaBeouf as a, as a son, uh, per mm. the crystal skull. So can we assume that Shia LaBeouf is Bill's son, true son? I think we have to assume. I think we have to assume that. I think this is all one universe. It actually kind of works timing wise too. 50s, 60s, 80s. It works out well. Uh-oh. I see a piece of fan fiction coming along. <laughs> it involves Harrison Ford and Dennis Leary just tag teaming Karen Allen. <laughs> <laughs> it's not It's not a pretty sight. It's Nobody like, wants oh, to really see it. <laughs> yeah, Bill's like, fan fiction? You mean porn. <laughs> oh, boy. Who needs porn when you got an imagination? <laughs> I got us way off track on that one. You can, you can go ahead. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so Smalls follows the kids to the sandlot, acts like a little weird, creepy kid standing in the back near the bushes. Yeah. When three bad things happen. First, the junkyard behind the house seems to have a monster that's trying to break down the fence. Second, the star player, Benny, hits a fly ball towards Smalls, who panics, gets laughed at by all the other kids. And then third, Scotty can't throw, and he runs away crying like a little bitch. It reminded me a lot of my uh, my baseball prowess. Oh boy, Bill! I was about Bill. to say. <laughs> I had something reminded later me, on. I was going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of Bill playing tennis, tennis baseball on the doctor's doctor's office uh, field there. Tomahawk in the ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bill, you swing straight. You don't swing down. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was actually going to say too. There's a point later on where you see him run, and he can kind of run. So if he just learns how to leg out those ground balls, he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. But there is one thing that he doesn't have, and it's, it's Bill's un, unwavering competitive nature that would have, if he didn't catch that ball and started laughing at him, he would have ran straight in the high, with the highest elbows ever running and the highest knees ever and tackled the biggest kid there. 100%. Yeah, that was yeah. definitely the reaction there, not running away and crying like a little bitch. You, right. you got to then just right. fight somebody. He also, while he was creepily stalking them from the bushes, he was also, the narrator was uh, admiring them for uh, for playing baseball but not keeping score. Who the, who the fuck does right. that? Why are you yeah, even playing yeah. if somebody's not winning and losing? That was right. the weirdest. That is the real psychology of Bill Dooley. <laughs> What's the point if there isn't anything to if win? If someone told Bill, I, I feel like if, I don't want to tell Bill this because he might, you know, but... If someone told Bill that you don't get a trophy at the end of life, I think he might just end it. Bill? <laughs> yeah. don't, don't do anything. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm well aware that, that there's no trophies at the end of life, but you can still tell who's the winners and losers. I mean, that's just a fact. And right now, I, I would say I'm doing pretty damn well. Tim, maybe not so much. So that's really that's really the key thing here. I think that, like, on Bill's tombstone, there's going to be, like, a list of people he was better than. <laughs> it's just going to be, like, Bill Dooley, number one. <laughs> number two, Max Healy. <laughs> number three. Yeah, Mike Preble. And then there's just going to be dot, 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 dot. Number, like, infinity, Tim Begin. Don't, don't worry, Tim. I'd, I'd, still put, I'd still put Derek underneath you. you okay, good, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, just, you know, there's an oil spill in the Gulf, and they go ask Bill to help clean it up, and he's like, yeah, sure, but who wins? <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy 
guy who cleans up most. <laughs> Deal, you're on. Well, give me a toothbrush. Let's go. So also, this timeline doesn't make any sense, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring it up again later on, but he said that he followed the kids back from school, and then he says if it wasn't for Benny, he would have made a single friend that summer. Right. And then he said it was two weeks it. before school started when he moved. It's like, that, that, none of it makes fucking sense. No. Yeah, so then he meets Scotty's mom, who we've already discussed in vulgar detail, and uh, she is just telling her little nerdy kid just to stop being such a fucking dork. Go get dirty, get in trouble, make some friends. I don't want to see you on the news one day when I'm coming home. <laughs> Stop playing with robots. That 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 really was a, a pretty a pretty rough moment. I mean, just just absolutely demoralized by his own mother. That was just embarrassing for everyone. <laughs> he looks down at the floor too. He's like, oh, even my mom hates yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a real good way to support your son. He's really having trouble making friends. So you want to make it clear to him that you don't really like him either. <laughs> That's how you motivate him. Yeah. It's the kind of constructive reinforcement that really made me come out of my shell. <laughs> it's like, listen, sweetie, I love you, but um, you ever think about just acting like a different person? <laughs> like completely different? Right. You should do that. So you know how you're you? <laughs> Maybe you should stop being you. Just turns into a talented Mr. Ripley thing. Yeah. Single white female complex goes on there. In reality, what it turns into is a cocaine habit and uh, a couple divorces. Well, I, I think it's I think it's I think it's fair yeah. to say that part of her motivation here is she really just wants the kid out of the house so she can get dicked down by Bill more often. I mean, I think that's <laughs> I think everyone saw that. Get that Dennis Larry D. Exactly. You know, you always want Dennis Leary and his snake-like features <laughs> writhing on top of you, <laughs> slithering. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of Dennis Leary, he's just doing a really shitty job of showing Scotty how to play catch and uh, throw with the baseball, which eventually ends with the ball landing in Scotty's eye. It was a curveball, though, Max. Yeah, yeah. You got to watch out for that curve. Apparently, for the ball you threw like at three miles an hour. Yeah, but just. Dennis, maybe instead of just saying keep your eye on the ball and throw it isn't really showing the kid anything. If you want to do a backflip, all you got to do is just jump backwards and land on your feet. Okay, do it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I kind of have a little sympathy for him here because genuinely, like, how do you teach someone to – I mean, I understand you can teach someone to improve a throw, but how do you teach someone to just throw it all? I mean, he rolled the ball back to his father <laughs> like it was a bowling ball. That's, <laughs> that's a bad way to start. That's a very bad way to start. He has like a Charles Barkley like hiccup in his throwing motion, <laughs> you know, like in his golf swing. It's like he steps and then he looks back at his arm and he's like, oh no, I got him getting vertigo. <laughs> and then he just like decides, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore. And then just runs over to his, to his stepdad. The, uh, the the strong looks of disappointment in Dennis Leary's eyes there gave me like <laughs> v- like just violent flashbacks to playing catch with Paul. <laughs> I'm assuming you you played catch with a potato can. <laughs> that would be the most effective way for you to learn. Well, I mean, I th- I think legit so legitimately uh, one of my only memories of playing catch with Paul it ended with me getting hit in like the stomach with a very hard ball. Like it was fast. <laughs> And I, I have a feeling it was probably a little bit intentional because he probably just gets sick, sick of playing with me. This is yard work Paul to be just, done. Paul does a 10 step running lead crow hop and just throws it directly <laughs> into Bill who's five feet away. 
<laughs> I just end, I ended up. I remember I ended up on the ground. Uh, uh, what was it? With the wind knocked out of me. Like, and he was just like, ah, get, just get up. Come on. What are you doing? I, I think he was legitimately embarrassed. Stick the track in football, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to catch in those. He probably walked back into your house. Your mom was like, where's Bill? And he just looked at her and he's like, he'll come in if he wants. <laughs> he'll wake up soon. It's not my problem. I'm going to go rake. <laughs> <laughs> just make just make sure you roll Bill out of the way when I'm coming <laughs> Where are my jorts? <laughs> God damn it, they're in the wash. God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, why? I gotta ask though. Did you did you know why was Smalls? Why did Smalls always have to have his shirt tucked in the entire fucking movie? Button ups, polos, t shirts, everything was tucked into his jeans. Yeah, how about that hat? Oh, <laughs> that hat! <laughs> Boy, I'm gonna stop you right there. His hat was great. A lot of sun protection. <laughs> as, as a pale, as a pale gentleman myself, I can appreciate that. And he's tucking his shirt in because he's a respectful young man. He's not going to run around like some heathen. He does give Dennis Leary a handshake later. Yeah, exactly. A firm handshake, I Mm -hmm. bet. Mm. No eye contact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. Actually, yeah, he does have his, like, he's like, is like an Asperger science (laughs) genius. So, really had like a very clammy handshake. (laughs) Followed by some, like, wines that sort of resembled a hello, you know. Um, Side note, too, going back to uh, Bill's dad real quickly. So at Bill's wedding, I went up to your dad and I said, hey, Mr. Dooley, it's good to see you with a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looked at me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine he found that very funny. Who, who are you? Yeah. Oh, are you one of those kids that ruined my yard all summer? Get the fuck out of here. Now I'm paying for your food. Give me money. <laughs> All right, well, good boy Benny, the star baseball player and leader of the Sandlot Kids, invites Scotty to be part of the gang. And he's going to meet all the other kids who all spit when they're introduced, but only a few of them actually matter to the plot. So you got Squints, the talkative kid with glasses. Yeah, yeah, who's kind of a hood rat. And then you got the big, fat, redhead uh, Hamilton, Ham Porter, uh, who's actually, uh, the actor is from Dorchester, from the dot. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of makes sense. You only get fat, <laughs> freckled people like that from uh, from Dorchester. So he looks like a kid from Dorchester. As he does. He does. Yeah. That's that's a that's a true uh, Dorchester ginger. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, you get one of my favorite lines of the movie too. When Ham gets pissed at Scotty for thinking that he said the Great Bambi instead of the Great Bambino. That wimpy deer. Yeah. That that whole scene was. I love the uh, I love when Squints gives the uh, the L seven weenie. That's that's just <laughs> delivers that. That's an A plus delivery right there. I don't. Is there like a deeper joke to that? I don't really get it. What's the L seven mean? <laughs> well, I mean, it's like uh, like you're you're squared, like an L squared. You're a square. It's two. It's two L's. Yeah. Oh. If you put the L backwards, it's a seven. So I guess either way, you're a loser. I got gotcha. you. That'd be I'm my guess. You. I also just wrote down L seven weenie on on my notepad, so that's probably why I figured it out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and then the next scene, uh, Scotty's in the sandlock and coached by Benny, and all the other kids are making fun of him, and this is when Bill Dooley playing wiffle ball in 10th grade, you know, he would have just sprinted over to Squints and just air tackled him, just open field tackled him. <laughs> yeah, 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 100%. So, and this is the thing, too, it, 
it, it was it was pretty clear to everyone that I was not very good at hitting. So what I did was I was violently aggressive in your presence. And then when I wasn't around you guys, I was literally spending like seven hours a day practicing pitching at home so that when I would get to play with you guys, I could actually be useful at something. So this oh, is yeah. really the nerd's problem is you, you got to find some way to be good at the sport. Also, everyone else kind of treated wiffle ball like it was just, you know, you hit the ball. If it goes over a mark, it's a double. Kind of, you know, we wouldn't, we didn't really move around a lot. And then Bill's just, just diving, just like diving up, like over hills, just like breaking ribs and shit, just trying to get a foul ball. Well, you know what, Max? Look, if we're going to bring, if we're going to, I think we should bring this up because it's, it, this is, it's necessary. We got to have this moment. If it really comes down to it, we played football until you came around and I was good <laughs> at football, damn it. And you come around and all of a sudden we got to play baseball. That was a real downturn <laughs> in my life. And it was all thanks to you. So, you know. Yeah. It has nothing with you guys being eight years old compared to being 17 and still playing tackle football. It was definitely me. (laughs) I do do like how Bill is resentful of of how someone made him play a sport that didn't involve just rampant violence. Well, look, it's not so the violence does help, but it wasn't so much the violence. It was that someone made me play a sport that I wasn't already good at. That was the problem is that I wanted to continue winning most of the time. And I, I, I Good boy, Benny hits a fly ball straight into Scotty's glove. And one catch and throw later, he now knows baseball and all the kids warm up to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Benny pulls off one of the most impressive athletic uh, feats I've ever seen by hitting a ball directly into a person's glove, like 200 feet away. And then <laughs> apparently that taught Smalls how to throw. That was mm-hmm. really, a ve- or maybe it was the inspiring speech that Benny gave him before. Where you just wait till your elbow gets to this point and then just let go. There you go. That's how you throw. Fixed. Yep. I, how do I catch though, Bill? Uh, just put your just put your glove out and close your eyes, Tim. That's how yeah, you catch. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> how you do it. So I did it. And that was a great first baseman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next day, Ham hits a home run. Uh, the ball off the bat went to right field, but the shot of the home run was to left. So that's cool. But what's not is but what's not cool is uh, they only play with one ball, and now that they're done for the day. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so this is something yeah. that I really have a ball. Like, if you play baseball all the time, mm-hmm. how do you only have one ball? Yep. Why do you like, buy why a brand you... new ball every day? Right. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Seriously, like they're, it's 98 cents. I mean, that was the 60s. 98 cents wasn't that much money in the 60s. You know, this wasn't fucking 1810. You know, that wasn't like a year's wages. The par- I'm sure like the parents could buy them five balls. Not, not to mention uh, Benny later on uh, pays for all of them to go to the carnival. Like, so obviously he's got some kind of money. And the other, the, the other kid that never says a word has that giant pack of chew, like, these kids have 98 cents on them that they can pull together yeah. to buy a ball. Yeah, buy two balls, you dipshits. They could they could buy a bucket of balls. All the balls. Balls. <laughs> so uh, Scotty goes to jump the fence to get the ball, and all the kids freak out and say he can't because of the beast. More to come on the beast here in a minute. Um, so the next scene is a sleepover in the tree fort, and you get the famous s'more scene. It's more what? Ugh, I fucking I fucking hate that scene. I, 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 even as 
I loved this movie growing up, and I fucking hated that scene, even as, like, an 11-year-old. I've had... That scene gives me PTSD because, I mean, our our old friend Eric Fippen, used, when I used to live with him in college, used to say it all the time. Uh, like that, you're killing me. Yeah, you're killing yeah, me, Smalls. Right. And he used to be like, the great Bambino. And I was always just like, oh, God. I need a new roommate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back to the s'mores thing. That kid does make s'mores correctly. Is that true. is the only way to make a s'more. Wrong. You do not call it a mallow because you're not a fucking psychopath. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you also don't call it a gram. Yeah. Graham cracker? It's a graham cracker and a marshmallow. Look, look, if we're going to if we're going to get if we're going to go ahead and say that the kid does everything right. I mean, if we're going to get into the semantics of this, he definitely doesn't. He lights the marshmallow on fire. That's That's exactly how you do it. That is oh, not how you do it. That is yeah. not fuck. Bill, how how the hell do you do it? You 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 patiently roast it over the fire until it is a golden brown. Bill kisses it until it gets rosy. Look, you, you do what you got to do, Max. I mean, if that's what the marshmallow, if that's what the mallow needs, then you, you patiently roast it over the fire until it gets brown. Oh yeah, and I'm sure communism works too, Bill. Does <laughs> on paper. Yeah, it's America. Okay, we we light those the babies on fire. <laughs> Time is money. All right, so then Squints tells the legend you of the beast, it. which is great because it's like an old timey 1940s B movie. Uh, just to sum it up, the beast is a monster dog that eats everyone who walks into the junkyard, which is about eh, 120, 173 guys total. Yeah, I, I like that. I enjoyed that. Uh, so so the, t- the takeaway from this story is that the beast is a 20-something-year-old dog that is roughly the size of like an ox. They, yes. These kids, yes. Are too, the, these kids are too old to believe this. I mean – they're not like eight-year-olds, you know what I mean? Or they're not even like they're not like five-year-olds. I mean, come on, this is this is embarrassing. Their their fathers should be ashamed of themselves. One kid's making robots in his room. <laughs> he doesn't know he doesn't know what the portions a dog is. <laughs> well, not to mention they're in a fucking tree fort across the way from the junkyard. They can look right into the junkyard and see the dog. Yeah, I mean, are they on acid every time they, they look do. at the dog or something? Like, what is going <laughs> on? In the 60s in California. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's possible. One kid did, and they never saw him again. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, but also, <laughs> just so when uh, when Scotty goes to like check the dog, to, you know, look across the way, and then he like jumps out for a second, he all freaks. Everyone freaks out. Anyone else notice the squint had a sawed-off BB gun? Yes. <laughs> I didn't. Know, I mean, I didn't know. I noticed he had some kind of a gun. I didn't notice it was a sawed-off BB gun, but that was, was fucking like weird. Barreled. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know what really bothered me was, uh, was, was Small's inconsistency with, with the dog. He, he had the encounter on the first day and it scared the shit out of him. The next, once he's all like ingratiated into the group, the ball goes over the fence and he's ready to jump it. And he's all confused why everyone wants to stop him. And then when they're trying to tell him, he's like, but there's something back there. And then he goes into the treehouse and he's completely forgotten all about it again and doesn't believe them and then has to be shown again. It, he's got the, the the memory of like a goldfish in this in this series of scenes. Yep, unreliable. Maybe he's disabled. <laughs> yeah, he could be. Maybe he's just like a sociopath, and he just he's just a you know chronological liar, <laughs> pathological. <laughs> That'd be liar. hilarious if he 
That'd be hilarious. This movie turned right now and he became a serial killer. <laughs> that's all. The, that's why all the kids disappear at the end of the movies. He slowly picked them all off once he gained their trust. Right. Speak you, just see, like, you just see like Benny's hat in the in the backyard, and then Small slowly walk in to start patting the dog. <laughs> He's got trophies. He's got two pairs of glasses in his in his bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then he meets Squint's crush and future wife, who's already pretty much an adult. Wendy Peppercorn. Hubba hubba. Oh boy. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. That not so form fitting dress driving him crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love the line that's, that that uh, yeah yeah says. Because Squint's was perving a dish. <laughs> What? What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. I love the close-up scene where he's just like, it's like he's squinting at her and like his teeth are showing and he's like pushing his glasses up. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's like, Kinda it's like a cartoon right there. You know, he's like, he's like wiping off the fog from his glasses. <gasps> yep. Yep. <laughs> well, and Wendy's like, Wendy's, ba- I don't, you know, maybe this is just from the perspective of the kid and you're not supposed to read too much into it, but like Wendy was giving him like sex eyes. Like she yeah. really comes across as like a pedophile in these scenes. Yeah. I looked her up. She was 19. This kid's fucking 12. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, that was just kind of how it was back in the fifties. All women gave sex eyes every time they knew, they knew what the deal was. No, no. Yeah. Yes, Bill. <laughs> He's got ambition. He's going to be able to give me at least seven to nine kids and I can stay at home. Where's Preble to, to put a stop to this? Yep, we, need dip, Preble, dip, we need dip, Preble's good to, to, to put us back on track. Boop, boop. Boop, 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 boop. I feel like Preble, I'm always interested because you know where the line is because Preble is like, we're all, we're all riffing, going along, going along. And then all of a sudden Preble cuts out and I'm like, <laughs> that's the line. There it is. That's the line of appropriateness. And we're all, all three of us are still on the other side of the line banding about. <laughs> Preble's Preble. just walking backwards slowly away. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, it's too hot to play ball. So the boys go to the public pool instead. Um, so Nikki only watched the movie for like two minutes. So she watched the scene when Ham was flexing to the girls before cannonballing into the pool. And all that Nikki said was, Tim. <laughs> that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was thinking the exact same thing. Listen, there's nothing that drives a ladies crazy quite like a freckled ginger body. <laughs> with with rolls in all the right places. And, and it's just, it's classic hard to get game to do a cannonball yeah. and splash them all while they're sunbathing. They, mm-hmm. they get mad at the time, but you know you're really getting to them. Right, exactly. They're like, oh, look at this weirdo. He's flexing at us. No, you're the weirdos. You're now you're wet. I'm fat and I just cannonballed you. <laughs> or you and I mean real wet witty. in both ways. Yeah, that's where I was going. <laughs> if this doesn't make you wet, then this will. Cannonball! <laughs> Squints being a pervert before everyone just gets kicked out of the pool here um, so in a desperate attempt to get Wendy's attention Squint decides to drown himself in order to get mouth to mouth resuscitation yeah I, I love his shitting and grin that this kid has <laughs> they're just like slowly zooming in just I mean just throwing this out there Squints is this is when you realize that Squints is the main character also the main character in Revenge of the Nerds all grown up <laughs> Yes. Very good observation there, Tim. 
this was like, this is kind of like a classic scene from the movie. And I feel like it kind of takes a darker turn in the, the, the me too, uh, era. Like, like it is, Oh boy. He just can't do that. You want to know what? These broads today are going to lighten up. (laughs) (laughs) Smile toots. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Smile. Why don't you give daddy a nice big smile? (laughs) Fun, fun fact, I don't know if you guys, Max, I'm not sure if you're going to bring this up for trivia later, but uh, mm-hmm. this uh, Squints is actually based on a, uh, a young Matt Lauer. Ah! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Locked doors and all. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most fucked up thing, that he got a, literally had a, a lock installed on his desk so women couldn't leave his office. That is just so fucked up. Yeah. What handyman put that in and thought, this seems this seems right. <laughs> Whatever you say, Matt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's the face of American mornings. I I guess okay, <laughs> back to the movie. Uh, there, there's when he does that. I don't know you. Know, I don't know which kid says it, but somebody has a terrific reaction where he, as soon as he does it, he goes like, "Oh man, he's in deep shit." That was it was <laughs> a perfect reaction. I laughed so hard when he said that. <laughs> So um, also the director, he had he had told the kid just he had one instruction in the scene and he just said was uh, keep your tongue in your mouth. In quote, quote. <laughs> he didn't. There's no way he did. I would. I, I was going to say something, then I thought better of it. Good choice. Good choice. Yep, yep, uh, so yep. so the one flaw in this plan is there are multiple male lifeguards at this facility. Yeah. What what, what was he going to do if, if one of the dudes saved him? It just turns into Will Ferrell in, uh, in old school <laughs> with Stifler. It's kicked right back into the pool. <laughs> oh, French me. Oh, he fucking French me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a little bit later on, the boys have a firework night game. And uh, this made me think back at the time when we were all back in town from college and we decided that it would be a good idea to get shit-faced on gin and play wiffle ball in the Stop and Shop parking lot under the lights at like 11 p.m. Yeah, yeah it was a good idea. Yeah, that was... I mean, to be fair, I did have fun. <laughs> Poor decisions were <laughs> yeah. but... An even better idea was me trying to close my trunk by stopping <laughs> yep. really quick. <laughs> Tim's trunk was open and, and Tim's brilliant idea with us all underage drinking in the back seat was, oh, the trunk's open. I'll just slam on the brakes on this road. So then he, we just spilled the booze all over Tim's car. Which is also not how physics work. You you know, you stop. The the, the, the trunk is not going to go backwards and close. That's that's never how that I was. I was thinking it was going to happen on the recoil, Bill. <laughs> I think that was your exact word. It was. I thought it was gonna be the recoil. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, not one of our better moments. <laughs> nope. But it was my best moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after this, th- these uh, these baseball dipshits with their nice bikes and uniforms show up and challenge the kids to a baseball game. Oh God! Yeah, the kids from vinyl school showed up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Except, except in our case, it's like they probably they probably would have beat us. Yeah, yeah, they would have been they would because they would have had like hitting co- like baseball coaches and stuff, and they yeah. would have been good at things. All these uh, insults were improvised by Ham. By the way, that kid just made them all up. Really, that's hilarious. Great for him, <laughs> and they're great too. There's some yeah. good ones in there. But we all know in real life, these uniform little shits would have just been saying some horrific racist shit to these kids. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. It would have been horrible. Yeah. They, they got a black black kid and a, and a Mexican kid on their team. That they, they would have been really some atrocious things said. 
Yeah. Right. Which we will not say. No, moving on. Derek would, but <laughs> and it's pretty. It's pretty clear that the kid with the glasses, he was a. Uh, let's just say him and Sandy Koufax had something in common. <laughs> oh no! I can't play on Sunday. It's Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, can we can we all agree that Smalls is probably gay too? I mean, that's not that there's anything wrong with that, but I mean, there's there's a lot of intimate moments with Benny and talking about pickles a lot, and I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's all about those pickles. He's all and about those pickles. Man, he's still infatuated with the man. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. a lot of diversity on this team. There is. Moving on. <laughs> just like America, you know, just like America, guys. A lot of diversity and no issues at all. Everyone's equal. Everyone's Everyone's equal. Everybody. All right, so the boys win the big game. And to celebrate, they all stuff their faces with chewing tobacco and recreate the Shamu experience, but with vomit. Oh, God. Hilarious. Yeah. There was just... I forgot that they actually showed the vomit. <clears throat> and just an outrageous amount of vomit, too. Yeah, it's like Shamu. It just... just you know the splash zone. These these poor like just these poor bystanders just just getting fucking sprayed with gallons of fucking throw up. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, if you're at the carnival, you know what I mean. You're you're gonna eat fucking fried dough. You're eating milkshakes. You're eating corn dogs. I mean, you get oh, a lot yeah. of you know sticks of butter. Just, this is the yeah, 60s. exactly. All right, but how are all of these kids are supposedly like? Avid diehard baseball fans, and not one of them has like knows how to how to do chew properly. They all like eat it. Is that what we yeah. are to, to understand? None of them have like a degenerate father or uncle or something like that that have like made them do this before. You know, I mean, come well, on. Well, the first time you do any sort of dip, you're like you're gonna be wicked nauseous. That was me. Yeah, same. Throwing I, I did Wendy's <laughs> with Mike Pro. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, clearly it's because I hadn't seen any hardo 15-year-olds with their water bottles. <laughs> right. Nice wabo, nice oh, wabo God. to mm-hmm. spit into. Yep, they, they got to snap their fingers like a fucking douchebag. The most disgusting things on the planet. Well, I'll have you know, guys, that I'm a, I'm a pure soul. I've never done dip, so I can't relate, I can't relate to this conversation. Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, well, let's, let's move on anyway. So the adult Scotty keeps on saying that they got into the biggest pickle of all time. Pretty sure he says it twice in the first five minutes and then four times in the first 50. So what is this motherfucking pickle that you may ask? Yeah. Maybe you didn't ask because if you're still listening at this point, you've already seen this movie. But we'll tell you anyway. So Scotty steals. It's, it's a penis. That's what it is. That's what he's obsessed with. It's, it's dicks. It's a giant, giant penis. It's just, just getting just swatted with dicks like a pharaoh. <laughs> Small's dream. <laughs> that's the reason why they call him Smalls. That's the reason why he's obsessed with dicks. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Scotty. He steals Dennis Leary's ball after Benny destroys one that they're using. And, oh, no, that wasn't just any baseball. It was Babe Ruth's autographed baseball. Oh, no. Yeah. It is, it is re- it is really ridiculous. He doesn't know who Babe Ruth is. I mean, he's not just a baseball player; he's a historical figure. Right. That, that, that's almost like me. Uh, like that's almost like not knowing who the fucking Amelia Earhart is. Right. It's like not knowing who Babe Ruth is. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I do have to say, like, I don't really understand though. Like, this is the 1960s. Why are they still so obsessed with Babe Ruth? Like, it would have been the equivalent of us in the 90s being like infatuated with Ted Williams. 
You know, like we knew who he was, but like we weren't wearing like Ted Williams shirt and sucking his cock. You know, I, I don't understand. Yeah. Because, because Hank, Hank Aaron, Aaron was what the past Babe Ruth, Ruth and everyone was, was very, very confused by. Well, he's no Babe Ruth. You know, also though, this is 1962. Roger Maris broke Babe Ruth's record the year prior, so it wasn't like he was even the home run king for a single season, at least. Yeah. Yeah, but Roger Maris was a bad alcoholic. Babe Ruth was a jovial alcoholic. <laughs> people liked him better. And they both died before they were 50. Right. That's the way to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, heroes never die, or legends never die, Max. So, come on. Um, this also explains why, so, you know, Scotty, he hits the home run. And this also explains why Babe Ruth hits so many fucking home runs. Because clearly this thing is juiced. Because this kid <laughs> three days ago didn't know how to throw a fucking baseball. And I was hitting... 400-foot home runs. Yeah. Scotty has a pretty valid idea. Why don't we just knock on the door and ask for the ball? But they all shut that down. So instead, they make some uh, several escalating attempts to get the ball back. But this prehistoric, this prehistoric mammoth beast just eats everything they, they try and use. And at one point, there's an under siege-like explosion in the tree fort with vacuums. Vacuums. Three vacuums, yeah, cause a massive explosion. <laughs> it's about right to me, I think. Vacuum, the vacuum's operating principle is TNT. It's a little known fact, but there's tiny little explosions to happen in vacuums. I, I've also got I've got two two issues with some of their plans. Um, oh, one, so they go with the vacuum thing, which is from above. It's from mm-hmm. from the treehouse, and then mm-hmm. like the the kid the that typically just repeats everything. Which by the way, fuck that kid. Uh, yep. actually has some lines and he says yeah, like, Oh, we've been going about this all wrong. We need to, we need to come from the sky. You just <laughs> did. And it didn't work. Why is putting a person over the fence, a better idea than a vacuum? And that, that was, that was the worst plan. I mean, I know I'm critiquing a fifth, a fifth grader, but still, I mean, come on, pick it up. You know what they say? Keep it simple, stupid. I mean, you got to go with some sort of, it, there's so many ways to do this that they like, a vacuum, you're going to like, that's, it's a very complicated system. Like, get some fucking, like, clampers in there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Get a net. Yeah. Steal one from that pool that you guys got banned from. What's going to happen? They're going to kick you out? Go, go, go buy a steak and throw it at the dog and then go get the ball. Here's a great idea. Kill that dog. (laughs) Just shoot it. You've got a gun. Yeah, you got the the first. You guys are the first version of the Bloods. Shot off BB gun. Yeah. So in their last attempt, Scotty uses his robot to catapult the ball out of the yard. But while the ball's in midair, the beast intercepts it and destroys the robot like Jaws jumping onto the Yorka and eating Robert Shaw. Yeah. Very similar shot too. It was. Yeah. I could uh, not stand how throughout that whole process too they were narrating everything. Like I know. Uh, opening you clamp. Got it. Clamp closing. You got it. Like, just fucking do it. Just do it. This is why none of these plans are working. So then Benny gets a message from God, which in his case is an underweight Babe Ruth impersonator who doesn't really look like Babe Ruth at all. But he tells Benny to jump over the fence and get into a pickle with the beast. Pickle the beast. (laughs) Mm. So sexual. So this was this was a, this was Small's wet dream is what Bill's saying. <laughs> that was the first time I came in my pants. <laughs> I came hard, and I came well. <laughs> this is uh, this is what Tim- that was the second time my mom had a terrible talk with me. <laughs> this is what Tim used to do on Saturday pants. nights in college was pickle the beast. <laughs> Sounds like a Fred initiation. 
Is that what is that what it was called when you went out and had uh, sex with a, um, a you know? Yes, let's go with yes, so you don't have to provide any more detail to that. No, that's the, okay, no, Tim. Good. It's it's the it's the day after you have sex with that thing. <laughs> you pickled the beast. <laughs> uh, it's all green and salty. <laughs> oh no! Uh, someone put it in a jar. <laughs> it's gonna fall off. Um. Anybody knows the Ted Williams Moxie ad on Benny's wall? Yep. Loved yep. it. Mm-hmm. Or the Milwaukee Braves pennant. There's like several of those in this movie. Still breaks my heart that the Braves aren't in Boston anymore. Oh boy, yep. yeah. That's a real, yeah. That's a real tearjerker. <laughs> um, yeah, Benny. He puts on his PF flyers, jumps over into the beast's lair, and gets into a Mexican standoff with a dog who spits the ball out and challenges Benny to take it. So th- this whole movie is basically just a PF Flyer commercial, right? Is that is that really what's going on here? Cause, oh, my God, yeah. Everyone wore them. Well, and there was never a point in my life where I thought, like, PF Flyers, like, that's an athletic shoe. Until, like, I saw this movie. I was like, oh, is it? Is this an athletic shoe? I guess. It makes well, you run faster and jump higher. I mean, back in the 60s, like, anything that didn't have a wooden sole was an athletic <laughs> shoe. <laughs> Listen, if you cut down to three packs a day, you're going to get a lot more endurance. Get out of here, you hippie. Can't do it. And hand me that fifth of bourbon. (laughs) My doctor says it's good for the T-zone. You don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Switching over to menthol. It's minty and fresh. It's good for your lungs. Yeah. My wife says it makes my breath better. (laughs) These cigarettes were prescribed for my bronchitis. You obviously know nothing. (laughs) This scotch is for my insomnia. (laughs) I can't sleep without it anymore. <laughs> oh, medicine. Um, also, these kids clearly didn't have, like, none of them were dog owners, because the Beast is clearly just wanting to play fetch. Yeah, 100%. Again, it's just kind of like, it's not plausible that one kid in there isn't, like, familiar with dogs. Mm-mm. Well, anyway, so Benny, he gets the ball, jumps back over the fence, and that's that. But wait, oh, shit, the Beast jumps the 20-foot fence, and he and Benny get into a chase all over town. Tim, at any point during this during this scene, did you ever have any flashbacks to your introduction to August? Uh, no, because the beast didn't uh, brutally bite the kid. <laughs> so it really wasn't realistic for him. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. That's fair. There, wa- there wasn't some awesome little, like, Danny Newman-like song playing in the background <laughs> while August mauled me. <laughs> It's a Ferris Bueller's Day Off music when he's running back to the house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 As Tim's just getting thrown around like a rag doll in Bill's living room. <laughs> just screaming. <Make> stop! <laughs> yeah. Bill, Bill's playing gin rummy while August is literally gnawing on my on my testicles. <laughs> oh, my dog doesn't like you, Tim. He doesn't like you at all. <laughs> he's getting to know you. He'll settle down in a minute or two. Assert your dominance or lie still. <laughs> if, he, if he clenches his jaw, that's when we know he doesn't like you. Up, oh, up, oh, up. Oh, no, no, Tim, he doesn't like you. You should get out of here. <laughs> oh, also, a lot, a lot of nuts swinging uh, dog balls in this scene. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Too many. Yeah. It, it was also, com- I mean, in, re- in real life, Benny would have gotten caught by this dog in like two seconds. He would have been mauled to death and that would have been the end of the movie. <laughs> the idea that he outran this dog for like three or four minutes or five minutes or something is just outrageous. Yeah. Or well, the dog would have just ran out of steam. 
if he somehow managed to evade him, that yeah, it would have just given up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, neither one of them would have jumped over a 20-foot fence, but... Yeah. True, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you got the dog. He's breaking through some retirement home movie theater screening or something and get that old, uh, oversized cake gag as well. Yep, yep. They're missing the uh, the two people carrying the big sheet of glass, but... Says that. So, everything else. part of this chase, the dog, like, Benny goes through a door and and the dog goes, like, through the glass panel on the door... In in real life, outside of the movie, how did they convince this dog to jump into it? I know it's not real glass, but the dog doesn't fucking know that. How did they get that <laughs> dog to do that? They had a pickle on the other side. <laughs> Ooh, he was in a real pickle. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. They they put my thigh on the other side, and the dog came <laughs> screaming at it to try and maul it. Tim's just shaking his ass, just wiggling it, winking at the dog. Yeah. <laughs> Come get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gingers are especially attractive <laughs> for uh, dogs that want to maul you. No, I'm sorry, I, I was wrong, Tim. What what actually happened was Tim was holding a newspaper, and that dog just went f- fucking through that door. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then Benny he's running back over the sandlot fence into the junkyard when the entire fence collapses on this poor dog. Yeah. <sighs> I didn't like that scene. So, so this this poor property and dog owner, like you, you just destroyed this pro- like this expensive fence and killed his dog. That's that's a great moment, real heartwarming. Yeah, all because you didn't want to ring a doorbell, pussy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, then Scotty convinces Benny to not just stand there and watch this dog die a slow death, and they help him out. So they save the dog, and oh no, the beast is face to face with Scotty. But then the dog licks him and then shows the boys his nest of baseballs. Yeah. Oh. That, was, that was so nice. So nice. See, the dog just wants to be friends. Unlike another dog I know. <laughs> <laughs> so Scotty and Benny then knock on the old old man Myrtle's door and it's a blind James Earl Jones who tells them that he would have gotten the ball for them if they had just asked. Yep. So there you go. Right. Like Good. being an adult. Mm-hmm. Got shaved off 10 minutes of this movie, too. Then Myrtle invites Scotty and Benny into his baseball man cave where he tells them that he was buddies with Babe Ruth. And then he also gives Scotty a ball signed by the entire 1927s Yankees. And they also never fix the fence. Yeah, yeah. He's like, this is a great memory of back when I was segregated against and wasn't able to play the game I love. <laughs> Here's a ball. <laughs> Here's a ball. They all said horrible things to me signing it. <laughs> I'm a tragic figure, and you killed my dog. <laughs> and you broke my fence. Yeah, and you broke my... They, did, they did hundreds of dollars worth of damage, killed the dog, and, uh, oh, but here's a completely very valuable baseball. Yeah, <laughs> sure, I guess that makes sense. My social security check won't cover any of this. <laughs> <laughs> Who's kidding who? I'm colored. They don't give me social security checks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They get what's, quote, lost in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Now I'm getting evicted. They've been waiting for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Somebody oh, filed a noise complaint after some explosion behind my house, and they said it was me. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but I'm so glad you got you mixed me up in your little white suburban boy antics. This is great. <laughs> I really hope you can be telling the story 33 years from now. I'll be in jail. <laughs> No, but the real story of this, it was, you know, James Earl Jones, he says, I would have broken his record, but then, you know, Benny goes, you went blind? 
No, I was black. They wouldn't let me play. I lost my eyes in a hate crime. God. Hey. <laughs> 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 Reality. Oh. All right. Well, the movie wraps up with the adult Scotty given an epilogue on the adult lives of all the kids. Squints marries a girl he sexually assaulted. The two brothers build mini malls or some shit. And then uh, the tall glasses kid overdosed and died in less than eight years because he got really into the 60s. What? He over... Is that true? <laughs> they say that he got really into the 60s and no one ever saw him again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So he died of he, drugs. He, he, he joined a cult and drank some potion or something. Yeah. Yeah. He died, he was, he died at Jonestown? That or he was part of the Manson family. <laughs> Didn't what? Didn't like the 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 tall kid who gave them the chew die in Vietnam or something like that? Mm, maybe, or that might be Stand by Me. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think that. I mean, if there were twelve, and it was like sixty what, sixty what, sixty two. The war uh, ended in seventy four. Yeah, they, yeah they, I guess yeah. he could have been the tail. Yeah, end I could have swore one of them, and I, I, so uh, real shocker here. I maybe didn't see this there. last scene, but I could have swore one of them died in Vietnam. They might have. I don't know. I didn't really. At this point, I was kind of just you know closing my laptop and. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Maybe that's just what you wanted to happen, Bill. That's probably yeah. I just I'd love to see people. Nope, I'm not gonna say that. Never mind. <laughs> it's okay. So it's either this or Stand By Me in this movie, you know, because Richard Dreyfuss is the narrator and James Earl Jones says sick balls on the kids for the dog. Right. That happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then the kids go see a dead body on the rail tracks and Keith or Sutherland tries to stab him. That's the Sandlot, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the Sandlot. <laughs> that's the Sandlot. Yeah, definitely. A real learning lesson for him. <laughs> real wholesome kids family. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then he cut to the present day with Benny playing for the Dodgers and Scotty announcing as Benny steals home on a Chris Sale pitch to win the game. And then the guys give each other thumbs up and the movie ends. The Sandlot. Scotty comes. <laughs> you didn't see where his other hand was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's how it ends. Real yeah, something. So... Okay, I had mentioned getting to the timeline thing, how none of this shit adds up. So, Scotty says that he moved away in junior high school, and he was the last one to move, but he was going into sixth grade right. in the beginning of the movie, so everyone left in two years. Yeah. And then also, how old is Benny? Because this movie came out in 93, the story takes place in 62, which means Benny would have, if he, Benny was 12, he would have been 43-year-old pinch runner. <laughs> Wait, what did it? Ha- oh, did it have? It was under the assumption that like the uh, the opening narration was in 1993. So the movie came out in 93. My assumption is, is that it's present day. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that that doesn't work out at all. No, it doesn't no. work out at all. Who the fuck's managing that team? You gonna have a 43 year old pinch runner? Well, Ricky Henderson played for the Red Sox when he was like 88. Who's who's that's also true. stealing home apparently? Yeah, that's some balls right there. Which is a real Tied common play, even back then. Yeah, definitely. Well, what was strange is that he was able to pull it off without his PF flyers. You would think that he would have gone <laughs> off, popped off the field real quick. Time for trivia. So speaking of Benny, the actor who played Benny as an adult is actually the uh, the older brother of the actor Benny. That's why they looked so similar. Oh, really? interesting. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's um, cool. They filmed the entire movie in 42 days in Utah. In Utah? Utah. Jesus Christ. Just this like kinda Footloose. Is, this kind of is Mormony. 
It was also really hot during filming. It got up to 110 degrees. And at one point, the kid who played Scotty crashed into the cameraman due to heat e- heat exhaustion. What a fairy. What a puss. <laughs> he was like rounding the bases and just boom, right into the cameraman. <laughs> and some more degree trivia. The reason why the kids look so cold in the pool is because the water was 56 degrees. Oh my god! What is going on with the temperature in this place? It's like 102. <laughs> it's 56 degrees. What's happening? Yeah, we ran out of water. Just throw a bunch of ice in there. It'll, it'll melt. <laughs> Jeez, Christ! Then lastly, so the entire cast is going to be coming back for a TV series that takes place in 1984, wherein all the Sandlot kids are 33 years old. I could do without Boo. that. I could definitely do without that. Yep. And who who's like who's the target target demographic for that? Because this movie is right in our wheelhouse, and we don't give a shit about that. So who <laughs> who is calling for this uh, this comeback? No one. No no one is. Yeah, that's the answer. All right, time for questions. Who's your favorite and least favorite in this? My favorite is the ginger kid because obviously, <laughs> I mean that's just me. Um, <laughs> my least favorite is Smalls. Smalls is a little pansy. Mm. It's fair. It's fair. Uh, I would have to go ahead, and Tim, I'm surprised you didn't take this for yourself. I'd have to go ahead and say that Bill, the the stepdad, is my favorite character. One, because his name is Bill. Uh, and, and two, because he seems like a pretty genuinely nice guy who's just working for his family and willing to try and teach his spaz son how to play catch. I mean... I know for a fact Bill was only going to Chicago to bang prostitutes. So. <laughs> Look, at least he left the state. You know, that's a courtesy in itself, isn't it, guys? All right, all right. That's reasonable, Bill. But. <laughs> uh, I think my least favorite is probably the little kid that just repeats his older brother. I fucking hate that kid. Every time he speaks, it fucking, I, that just grinds my gears. Really grinds my gears, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Max. <laughs> all right, um... This, this, I think this will be a first. I'm going to say my favorite is Kid Scotty, just because the actor himself is really good. I thought he did a great job. And my least favorite is Adult Scotty with his Brian Williams fake news timeline. <laughs> oh, God. I do okay, love so. it. <laughs> so instead of Mark Wahlberg question again, we're going to be doing the Harry Carey question. So if Hall of Fame Cubs announcer Harry Carey was in this movie, what would he say? Hey, do you guys think you could bring that dog over here? I really like dogs. <laughs> we all remember Ham in this movie, but if you could pick a nickname, what kind of food would you be? If you hit that ball straight out of the solar system, which alien do you think would get it first? <laughs> this movie's called The Sandlot. I once ate five pounds of sand during a Cubs-Reds game. <laughs> That's why my friends call me Sandy. <laughs> hey! You know, when I was a kid, we had a dog that ate baseballs. It, it wasn't a dog, though. It was a deer. <laughs> it was a doe, a deer, a female deer. <laughs> e, an A array of sun. <laughs> That's why they call me Sandy. <laughs> I like to sing songs. All right, well... <laughs> Just how IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes have their own rating system, we decided to make our own. So, guys, what would your rating be for this one? Oh boy, uh, I would I would go ahead and give this uh, I would give this what like seven idiotic kids out of one dead dog and one destroyed fence. Wow, Bill, <laughs> you really like this movie. 
<laughs> it's a great score. Yeah, I'm gonna say um, eleven hundred uh, absentee stepfathers uh, <laughs> divided by um, three three or four dumb kids wearing their uh, goddamn fucking baseball uniforms from vinyl school uh, and one <laughs> lovable yet blind African-American Negro League player. <laughs> There's a lot of, <laughs> lot of factors to that ratio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It Figure adds it up, out. though. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give this one retrospective Me Too slash Boys Will Be Boys out of five sets of enlarged dog balls <laughs> divided by seven pickled dicks. Ah, wow. Max, this might be the best movie. This might be your favorite movie we ever watched. Yeah, it's a great movie. All right, well, that wraps up game three of our April baseball theme movie month. If you guys like the show, please rate and review. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that bullshit by clicking on the links at the bottom of the episode details. And as always, Bill, you can email us at tdbackrow at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm actually wondering if you can give out your address. I'd like to write you a letter. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time, remember, if you have a nostalgic game of 1960s baseball, make sure you bring more than one ball with you. Sage advice. Bye, everybody. Get me. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Cubs win! Watch your back, Paco. Bill's coming for you. Bill's coming for your spot. Yeah, he's coming. Well, look, that's a pretty low bar. <laughs> that's a very low bar. Also, also, the fact, that you, the fact that you showed up is pretty much setting the bar. Yeah, I already beat him there. Um, uh, very true. I, I gotta say, though, um, your 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 Mandy episode where is it is the uh, the other person that hops in John is that right? Yep. Yep. He he uh, he. There was a little Bill Dooley slander at the end of that of the end uh, end of that episode about uh, how apparently I didn't know about the music and that was that was foolish of me. Uh, I just like to say you know making fun of a quarter of your viewership your audience is probably not a great move. <laughs> a quarter, uh, Bill. You're like you're 100 of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Really alienating a large portion of your population there. So, you know, be careful of yourself there, John. <laughs> <laughs>